All right, today we're gonna have an interesting conversation with you guys on an important topic. And it's the topic of the mass shooting that happened in Vegas. And I've got an expert with me, Robert Eglin. He is one of the top lawyers, arguably in the country, let alone Nevada. So great to have you here. Thank you, Jake. And so this is, of course, the Route 91 shooting where 58 people were killed. They call it a mass shooting, but I call it a massacre. Yeah, it was a massacre, quite frankly. I mean, this. Happens, you know, in 11 minutes, there was something like 1,100 rounds deployed by the shooter in that period of time, and you know, 700 over 700 people were injured and 58 killed. So it was a massacre. Yeah, 700 injured is unreal. It's unreal. So now I I know that you're representing some of the people that were injured. So you have an interesting perspective on it. As I look at it, of course, the first thing I want to do on the show was break down what went wrong. And for me, it's obvious to me that we should not have weapons of that caliber in citizens' hands. That's a political opinion. Right. And then you've got the bump stocks, and we'll get into the bump stocks in a second, etc. But I wanted to look at it in its full context. What else went wrong that night? Well, it was a calamity of errors that night. First of all, you know, Las Vegas, the, the the local law enforcement as well as the casinos had been getting notices from Homeland Security since the early part of the year of last year, 2017, that Las Vegas was all over the internet was a soft target. There was there was a probability. They thought there was at least a strong possibility there could be a a terrorist attack of some kind there because it was a soft target. That's so really some interesting. Of, some of the casinos prepared for this and they had preparations in place. Unfortunately, the MGM didn't prepare at all in any of their any of their hotels or, or resorts there. So I wanted to stop you for a second, Robert. Why? Why is Las Vegas a particularly soft target? Well, you've got large crowds of people, you know, walking up and down the strip at any time. You've got high buildings with, you know, that over that look over these crowds of people. You've got venues, outdoor concert venues. You know, this wasn't the only outdoor concert venue in Las Vegas. There were multiple outdoor concert venues there. So there are lots of places that people could be. You know, this concert venue was right on the strip. It would have been just as easy for somebody to drive a semi trunk through this makeshift chain link fence they put up around the property with explosives on it, as there was a shooter. So. There was lots of things they, that the MGM could have done. You know, for example, the Wynn Resorts had gotten notice of this, and we know that they had a basically former SEAL teams. They had an anti-terrorist strike force on the property that would have taken out a shooter like this in seconds of something like this. Of something really? like this happening? Yes, I didn't and, know that. Yeah, and so. There are preparations or things the MGM could have could have done, but you know this this concert venue was so inappropriate and so insecure. There wasn't proper markings for the exits. There was no plan of evacuation in case any sort of attack of any kind occurred. There was no announcement that occurred when this happened. No one knew to 
knew what to do. It was just pandemonium there. And so a lot of people have been discussing how to get all the weapons up there. So did we ever deduce that? Have the authorities well, come forward? There's video it? of it. I mean, there's uh -huh. video of him bringing up suitcase, you know, large suitcase after suitcase. You know, he had thousands of rounds of ammunition, plus more than two dozen firearms. More than a dozen of them are AR-15s with bump stocks. So these are, I mean, these are not real light weapons when you consider all the ammunition. So he's got these large, more than two dozen suitcases that he brings up to the room over a period of a few days. There's video of this. So, all right, but let me play devil's advocate here. Uh, you're a real advocate, I'll do devil's advocate. Um, he's got a large bag that he's bringing up. How do they know it's got weapons in it? Well, they don't know, but they could make they could take measures to to find that out. For example, one of the things we know that some of the hotels did is they started X-raying the bags when they started getting notice of the fact that Las Vegas was a potential target. Hmm. And so there 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 are things that can be done. Plus, he's taking he's taking up these large suitcases. He's he's having the bellman take him up the service elevator. And there's, you know, there's video of this. It's over and over and over again over a period of time. The Bellman's taking it up. Yes, they're helping him take these bags up. I mean, they have to have raised some type of suspicion. He he stops letting the the, the housekeeping in to to start cleaning to clean the rooms. He has a uh, he has a uh, room service table that he when he's finished with he puts out his outside his door. He tells room service to leave it there. Well, why? Because he put cameras on it to survey the hallways. So he could hmm. see when the security was approaching the hallway. Wow. So there was all kinds of things. He put a he took an L a L bracket and put it on the the exit door to uh, the stairway near his room, so no one could get in and out of that door. You know, as you describe this, Robert, it, it sounds like a professional. Did we ever figure out who this guy actually is? He is not a professional of any. I mean, the, the the law enforcement have have researched this guy. I mean, uh, no, he was not a professional. That's what's so frightening about this. It was just uh, a high roller apparently who had been gambling, uh, been a customer of the MGM properties for for years. Uh, lived up in Mesquite, which is about an hour drive north of Las Vegas. I mean, that's the other thing. He checked into this hotel, then he would get his car out of valet, drive all the way back to Mesquite, pick up more guns, more ammunition, more suitcases, and bring them back and take them up to the room. Many times with the help of, help of Bellman, and and you have to understand something. These these hotel casinos they have video surveillance camera in every casino table. Every bank of, uh, of machines, you know, video poker machines, slot machines has, has surveillance camera on them. Why? To make sure no one's cheating the casino. Because yep. they're worried about their money. They've got an eye on every player at a table to make sure they're not counting cards or doing anything else. Different. But when you look at the other things they do for security, when MGM took over a lot of these properties and uh, combined all the resources. You know, these corporations, they come in, they buy a bunch of different properties and they'll combine the, the resources. They consolidate the, concert, the uh, security and uh, housekeeping and all, all the management, you know, to cut costs that raises their profits. One of the things we know they did is that they significantly reduced their armed security from armed security to unarmed security. Why did they do that? Well, armed security is $18 an hour in Nevada, unarmed security is $13 an hour. So that's gonna increase your profits, just that one thing. And you start cutting away at all these things, 
You know, these are the type of things that are going to come out in this case to show that the MGM uh, and this property where this happened was an MGM property where the concert venue was. And this was this is a joint venture between them, the concert promoters, the hotels. So, so you guys are taking on MGM. Well, we're taking on MGM and others, but MGM is certainly going to be one of the defendants. Okay, and and the law firm's Egla Prince. So, uh, who else? Who else do you think is responsible? Well, I think the concert promoter has some liability in this case. There's no doubt about it. I think um, probably the security that uh, understand something. We haven't filed any lawsuits yet. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a, a slew of lawsuits that were filed early, and those lawsuits by other firms. Those lawsuits have been dismissed. There was actually even some lawsuits down here in LA that have were filed. Those have been dismissed. And now I, myself and a couple other people have been able to get all of the plaintiff's attorneys around the country to coordinate our efforts and we're working together now. So we haven't filed any lawsuits currently. Um, uh, there may be, I think there's one pending um, mm -hmm. that, that has my name on it along with another firm here out of California, but um, we're coordinating our efforts so that we file these lawsuits, we're all bringing the same appropriate claims, we're working together and we're gonna work, work together as a, in a joint effort. So Robert, let me play devil's advocate again because uh, I know that a lot of people that watch, partly because of the propaganda that, that's out there about lawyers and the hot coffee and McDonald's and oh, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. Right, um, it is, and if you haven't watched the documentary about that, you should, it's amazing. You should. And yes. Tells so, the real story. <laughs> tells the real story of what happened in that lawsuit. And by the way, and, and let me be honest, uh, back when I was a Republican, I was totally against lawsuits. I thought everything was a frivolous lawsuit and I, was, and I wrote blog, terrible blogs about it and all this stuff. Um, but, but in this case, what a lot of people are gonna say is, hey, why don't you leave it alone? Or you know, it looks like you know, we got a tragedy here. And why don't you let the government handle it or the authorities handle it? And, and instead of doing a lawsuit, everybody's always suing. That's what people say. So how do you respond? Well, so, so the government, you know, handling. I mean, all the government's going to do. First of all, the shooter is dead, so there's nobody to convict. You know, that's why we've been frustrated by the lack of transparency with the the, the Las Vegas and Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department coming out with information about what happened and what they've discovered. Because, and they say, well, it's an ongoing investigation. Well, it's confirmed that there was only one shooter, and the shooter's dead. So, what ongoing investigation? Why can't they tell us what's going on? But what is the government really going to do? They're not going to convict anybody because the shooter's dead. So what is the government gonna accomplish? What are they gonna do for the victims of the families who've lost loved ones, who've lost fathers, mothers, husbands, wives, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters in this mass shooting? When we know that there were some significant errors made by MGM, they didn't provide appropriate, adequate security for either the venue or for this hotel to make sure that they didn't have a customer or anyone else coming on that property with firearms, much less more than two dozen militarized type firearms. I mean, they have signs in this hotel in Mandalay Bay that says firearms are not permitted on this premises. Mm -hmm. But yet they take no steps to make sure that they don't have patrons coming onto their premises with firearms. So That's the duty they have. So in this case, I you know all the the states have different laws on on guns. Are you not allowed to bring a gun to any of the casinos? 
I don't think there's any of the casinos that I know of that you can bring a gun you know, on the strip. You mm-hmm. know, there may be some that I'm not aware of, some local casinos that, you know, that are not on the strip that maybe allow firearms right. on the premises, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I might find that highly unlikely. Yeah, it's just we're so used to guns being everywhere in America that it feels, it almost feels weird when you tell me, what, I'm not allowed to bring a gun to Mandalay Bay, right? Uh, let alone all those things. But well, any private property owner can can set the rules on whether you can, whatever you can bring on the premises, guns, mm-hmm. snakes, whatever you can't, if you, they say, hey, you can't bring dogs on the premises, they can tell you you can't bring your dog on the premises or yeah. a gun or anything else. Yeah, so again- I don't allow guns in my building in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. I have an office building where I have tenants as well as my own law firm and I don't allow guns. I, I mean, we, we had a, a gentleman months ago show up in the lobby with a, you know, when we have you you have open carry law in Nevada. You can carry a you know openly carry a weapon. I walked up to him and said, "You can't be in this building with a gun. We don't allow guns here." And we made him leave the building. So yeah. you could do that. Well, uh, unlike MGM, in that case, you took precautions. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. But let's talk about the case again because I'm fascinated by this. What happened in the 11 minutes? Like who got? Who finally got to him in the 11th minute? And I don't know that we know all these details, part of the reason why I'm telling you. Well, I don't know that we know all these details either, because, you know, as I said, Metro has not completely been forthcoming, and their timeline has changed several times. So we have different timelines from different people as to what happened. And we'll find all that out, you know, in, during discovery in the litigation. But we know that, we do know that there was a security guard. Uh, on the unarmed security guard on the floor who was shot, and we believe um, he was shot, at least from the first reports, was there seems to be some squishiness going on because the story's changed on that. But at least from the first reports, he was shot in the leg before the 11 minutes of shooting started. Now, how long before that is disputable? You know, some people say it's more than six minutes, some people say it's less than six minutes. That will be ferried out in the lawsuit, but he was shot. There was gunfire on in the, the hall. floor of the on casino? the floor through the door through Paddock's door. He shot through the door. He had a camera in the uh, the peephole, so uh-huh. he could, when he had a you know and screens in there with computers, he could see what was going. On. He also had a room service cart outside his door with a camera on it, shooting pointing down the hallway, so he could see the security guard who was at this point, we understand, was walking away from his door and he shot through the door and shot the security guard, hit him in the leg. So uh-huh. Gary guard, you know, crawled into a opening where another uh, hotel room door was and to, to take cover. Mm. But, but we know that occurred and then subsequent to that, he starts shooting, you know, uh, the people in the concert venue. And sometime before this, he had to break out the window. You know, this wasn't a window you could just open. He had to literally take a hammer and break out the window, which had to fall down to, onto the casino, the hotel property. How that wasn't heard, how that wasn't discovered, how no one noticed it. Why wasn't there some alarm that went off someone's breaking a window? You know, mm-hmm. are they trying to commit suicide? Are they trying to jump out the window? What are they doing? Why is a window being broken? Why isn't there some alarm going off saying, hey, the window's been shattered? on the, you know, there's something awfully strange about this case. Because why, I mean, it's taken so long and it is the biggest massacre in modern history, in American history. Yeah. 
And why won't the authorities tell us the timeline and why it takes 11 minutes? What happened with the guard? Did he call it in? Why didn't people come up? There's so many weird parts of this story that just seem inexplicable. So the MGM is the largest single employer in the state of Nevada. They employ more people than any other company in the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's no possible <laughs> explanation. No, money in politics and, and all that stuff would never, ever take never. Uh, uh, influence anything, no. All right, one more thing, we mentioned bump stocks earlier. Um, so I, I know Trump said that he was gonna ban bump stocks. Uh, I, I don't know if it's ever gonna happen, but, but what, what's your take on the bump stock situation? So I filed a class action lawsuit against bump stocks four days after this incident occurred against Slidefire, who's the manufacturer of bump stocks. And speaking of company towns, they're, they're manufacturing a little town in Texas where just about everybody in the town works for Slidefire, including the mayor. <laughs> and and so the, the owner and uh, lives there and everybody lives there, works and, and sell these, sells these things, which essentially turns you know semi-automatic weapons into fully automatic machine guns. Fully automatic machine guns are not allowed to be in civilians' hands in the United States without very, very high level permits to, to get these type of guns. So we sued them. What do I think about uh, uh, Trump's, uh, first of all, the ATF, I have the letter from the ATF where they stated this is not a uh, integral com, uh, component part of a gun, therefore it's, can't be, it's not regulated by the ATF, so we're not gonna regulate this part and you can sell it. Incidentally, that means that you're not immune to liability like the gun manufacturers and ammunition manufacturers are, because oh. we can regulate that. But so they're liable. So you know you can't sue gun manufacturers, ammunition manufacturers for killings like this. But that gives us the ability to sue them because the ATF said that. The ATF has had said this years ago, and now the president is telling the Justice Department to instruct the ATF to to put in regulations making guns bump stocks illegal. When the ATF ATF has previously said that they can't regulate this. This is not a regulated product that they can get involved in. So if they turn around and try to regulate that, there's gonna be a lawsuit filed against them mm -hmm. to prevent them. So it's not gonna stop these bump stocks from being manufactured that way. The only way these bump stocks are just, they're gonna stop being manufactured is to put them out of business with lawsuits and let any other bump stock manufacturer who thinks they wanna make these things, uh, think twice about it because they know know that if there's a mass shooting that they're going to be sued out of business. You know, I uh, that's part of what uh, changed my mind about the uh, lawsuits was the tobacco lawsuits. Right. Uh, and and the, the folks who did that did God's work, and they saved countless lives. Yep. Right? Some of those people were friends of mine who who did those cases. Yeah. Yeah. And so. If you put any of those gun manufacturers, or in this case, the bump stock manufacturers, out of business, I don't know how many. Well, lives there's you're only save. one slide mm -hmm. fire, and see, okay. they have the patent on on the bump stock. Another company tried to compete with them a couple years ago, and they sued them in federal court under patent infringement, and put them out of business. Mm -hmm. So there's only one, and it's slide fire. Well, uh, they put somebody else out of business, so fair game, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right.
And I think if you put them out of business, I think that you'll probably save a good number of lives. We hope so. I mean, look, we, we have teamed up in that particular case with the Brady Center out of Washington, D.C., who's on the front lines of gun violence cases around the country. And you know we didn't we didn't take that. The slide fire is not worth a lot of money. It's not a big company, so we 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 filed that case not with the intention. Oh, this is a case we're going to you know collect any fee on. I don't expect to collect any fee on that case. I expect to lose money. But what I do hope hope to do is to put that company out of business, put them in bankruptcy. All right. See, that's a badass lawyer right there. <laughs> and uh, and so I see how you won all the National Lawyer of the Year awards <laughs> and, and the settlements that you got. Uh, we'll put a link down below as we do with every interview. In your case, I suppose, to your law firm. Uh, and I want to thank you for coming in. I want to thank you for uh, explaining the case a little bit better. I can't wait to see what the cops eventually say about it. And then the one other thing, and I know that, you know, look, we're agreeing here, and sometimes we agree in the interview, sometimes we don't. But the other good thing about a lawsuit is I recognized as I, you know, opened my mind to it, is that it also gets us more information. Right. Right. And and so when you depose people and you depose companies, etc., and obviously not every lawsuit makes sense. Of course not, yeah. right? But in a massacre like this, if we can get any more information on what happened, that would also well, I think be really helpful. What happens is in these lawsuits is is not only do you get more information, but it inspires whether the defendant is a corporation or an individual to take steps so that this doesn't happen in the future. And and that's really what happens. It changes behavior of both companies and people to be to make things safer. Yeah. And, uh, and and that was actually the beginning of my epiphany when I realized why we didn't have so many potholes in America. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you go, the rest of the world's filled with potholes. Now, look, we've slipped a little bit in this country and our infrastructure <laughs> needs help. But in the beginning, we didn't have potholes because of lawyers, right? right? That's true. So it does sometimes help to fix things. All right, Robert Eglin, thanks so much for joining thank us. Thank you, really Jack. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.